Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello again. Welcome to Daily Daft Differently. Jeremy Kalmanovsky with you. Learning today, Tractate Yoma, page pay or 80, and continuing our discussion of shiurim, the measures by which the, uh, the sages understand the Torah's prohibition. And today's page includes some, I think, conceptually interesting material uh, having to do with uniformity and variety and uh, what's eternal and what changes based on individual people and different times. The page begins noting what I said yesterday, that kol hashiurin kulan bekezayit, all food-related prohibitions, the, the measuring yard is the measuring stick, is a kezayit, or an olive-sized piece of food. Chutz mitumat ochlin, except for, our page says, uh, those applied to uh, ritually impure foods. How much ritually impure food does it does it take to um, render somebody else impure? And that is an uh, an eggs size bulk, a kibetza. And as we noted yesterday, repeated now, that with respect to Yom Kippur, the prohibition on eating is not like either of those two things. It's not like something that is ritually impure, or is it like a forbidden food? The point is rather to induce a feeling of, uh, of mental discomposure in the person, and so for Yom Kippur, the amount is a large date. Uh, one of the things that is said on our page is, uh, as I mentioned before, I think an elegant little turn of logic, uh, down about halfway or a third of the way through our page, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar says, Ha'ochel chelev bazman hazeh, somebody who eats the forbidden uh, animal fat, uh, a certain amount of, a certain portion of the fat of an animal is ritually forbidden, belongs only to the temple. If you if you were to eat that, however, nowadays, you need to write down the amount of food that you ate. Shema yavo beit din acher lest a later court come along and enlarge the measure. In other words, if, you, if you've eaten the forbidden fat, you need to write it down because uh, a later, and if, you eat a, if you've eaten the forbidden fat, you might have to bring a korban, a sacrifice. But that would depend on how much you had written. So since there's no sacrifices nowadays, says Rabbi Elazar, write the amount down, and when the temple is built, we'll see what the court says. My yarbe b'shirin, what's the meaning of that they would enlarge the measure? Well, maybe it means that they would now require a sacrifice for a small olive, or smaller than an olive. Is, is it possible that, that it means that they would reduce the amount that would trigger the requirement of bringing a sacrifice? No, it's not possible. Why? Because it is taught in a Brita, a Mishnaic era teaching, Asher lo asena that there is a this is a quotation from the Torah uh, from from the book of Vaikra uh, a deed which is which ought not be done bishka gave Hashem done and is done in error 
and the person bears his guilt. About which the sages say in Tractate Harayot, Hashav miyediato mevi korban al shigegato, lo shav miyediato ein mevi korban al shigegato. If you make the error and you bear your guilt, you are shav miyediato, you make a repentance from the knowledge that you previously were in error and now you bear your guilt. Lo shav miyediato ein mevi korban al shigegato. But if your repentance or your awareness of your guilt comes from something other than the mental recognition, the intellectual acceptance of the fact that you have erred, then you don't get to bring a korban. Then you do not get the atonement that comes through the sacrificial system. Let me just repeat that in, in, in other words. The sacrificial system works when the person involved, the subject involved, has had a moment of awareness of previous error and acceptance and penitence over that error and a commitment not to do so in the future. But if somebody ate chelev erroneously, let's just throw a date in there, here in 2014 you ate chelev and you wrote down the amount and you were not aware now in January of 2014 exactly how much chelev you wrote or ate or exactly what the trigger for the korban, the sacrifice, would be. And then next year, in 2015, the Mashiach comes and the Beit HaMikdash is rebuilt, and the sages tell you, yeah, as a matter of fact, you are required to bring a korban for that other thing that happened uh, back in 2014. That would not, according to the sages, be considered shav miyadiyato. You would not have made penitence for the awareness of your error, because there was a whole next stage. You became penitent because the court reevaluated what you did, not because you changed your own mental orientation. Uh, now, the conversation goes on and is not terribly significant in, this, in the same issue, but I thought that was a very elegant little turn. Penitence comes it, it only, if and only through the, uh, the mental turn of reevaluating your own actions, not somebody else changing the legal stat status of your actions ex post facto. Our page will go on and, and not like that idea at all because, uh, because we have an idea that, that the shiurim are what's called halacha le Sinai. The measures are traditional knowledge brought down to Moses from Sinai. That notably, that phrase halacha Moshe mi Sinai, a law to Moses at Sinai, does not indicate that it's in the Torah. In fact, it indicates the opposite. Long, it indicates long-standing, well-accepted, well-instantiated Jewish traditional knowledge, for which no source can be found in the Torah. So the shiurim are not something that the Beit Din can enlarge or shrink. And our Talmud page is forced to say, yeah, yeah, they 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 weren't altering the shiur of what was required, they were altering the specific uh, sacrifice that was required. Our page will go on to talk about the different amounts of, uh, of liquid that will constitute uh, the prohibited amount of drinking, and it will go on and say that it's a mouthful or cheekful with the uh, awareness that not everybody has the same size cheek, and it floats this kind of fanciful idea that in the debate between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai on this point, as a general rule, Beit Shammai tends to take the strict view and Beit Hillel takes the lenient view. These are ancient schools in really the pre-Mishnaic era. That when Beit Hillel requires a, uh, 
that someone violates Yom Kippur based on the, the seemingly small amount of a cheekful um, uh, of liquid, whereas Beit Shammai has the seemingly larger amount of a rivi'it, the quarter of a log. It, it only looks like Beit Hillel is being stringent because they said a cheekful means for a giant, a giant's cheekful, Og Melech HaBashan, his cheekful is, is what constitutes uh, violating Yom Kippur. Now, what's interesting about this is that prompts the sages to have a discussion about whether or not the date size bulk, which is the standard Yom Kippur measure, as we said, applies to, to all people, or maybe Og Melech HaBashan and a giant, maybe Shaquille O'Neal, should have a different uh, uh, amount that constitutes the prohib prohibition than, you know, a teeny person. Um, and what our page will go on and say is that uh, that no, we have a universal met we have a universal measure. And even though Yishuv Hadat, that mental composure that comes from having something to eat, would that Ogmela Chabashan would experience quantitatively less mental composure than a tiny person, nonetheless we say that the date bulk is a universal measure that even though you or I might experience that amount differently, nonetheless that's the measure for, for all people. They don't use this phrase on our page, but it correlates with a Talmudic concept called the idiosyncrasies of a given person don't override the, the rule that applies to all people in general. So, so you may not feel that a date, you know, if you're Shaquille O'Neal size, you may not feel that a simple date bulk uh, would give you mental composure. And you might say to yourself, well, for me on Yom Kippur, the forbidden amount is, you know, a chicken size. But that's not how the halakha works. In fact, the halakha, in this case, attempts to apply a universal standard to all people. All right, thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.